0: Support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home plays a big role in your life. That's why Quicken Loans created Rocket Mortgage. It lets you apply simply and understand the entire mortgage process fully, so you can be confident that you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to RocketMortgage.com/fool. Welcome to Market Foolery for December twenty sixth. I'm Matt Greer and I am joined by Jason Moser from Motley Fool Million Dollar Portfolio. And Jason, we're taping the show a few days in advance here because of the holidays. How you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing very good. And December 26th is a special day, true? Boxing day, yep. Boxing day. And what (laughs) else is December 26th? I believe that
1: is also my birthday. Well, happy birthday! Thank you very, very much. You don't
0: look a day over 45.
1: (laughs) You know, Mac, you hit the nail on the head there. I can't believe you you guessed my age exactly.
0: Well, Jason, let's do something a bit different um, for this show. I want to talk about um, some big stories from the year that we've just concluded here. And I want to also look ahead Head and ask you a few questions, and let's begin with one business story that you're really excited about in the year ahead.
1: Yeah, I love this time of year because you kind of go back and just look at all of the things we've talked about uh, over over the year on Motley Fool Money, on Market Foolery. Uh, The one that I'll call out: uh, Twitter. You know, I think that for me, like in the middle of the year here, we did kind of our mid-year review, and it was Motley Fool Money, um, and Chris was asking us sort of a not a reckless prediction for the rest of the year for the back half of the year, but a prediction for the back half of the year, and um, I went a little bit reckless, and in saying that, I thought that perhaps Twitter might start gaining some momentum and turning this thing around because it seemed like they were doing some good things. The stock has struggled. The stock has struggled. Yeah, and and, but I mean, for the back half of the year, though, it's it's done quite. Nicely, and it is up around 35% since then, at least as of this taping. And so I think that what we're seeing, we're seeing a lot of the effects of the decisions that were made when Jack Dorsey came back on board in 2015. I think a lot of people expected immediate results when the fact of the matter was I mean, I think Twitter was set up. Really behind the eight ball in a lot of ways when they went public. I mean, they didn't have really, I think, leadership that could greenlight new things. I mean, I think there were there were there were a lot of parts of the platform that were sort of held sacred. And financially speaking, I mean, it was just a very difficult balance sheet to deal with. And they have stock-based compensation issues. Dorsey has come back on board and has really started to tie all of those things up and get this company pointed back in the right direction. So, I mean, we saw a couple of call-outs here at the. End of the year from uh, JP Morgan, I think, was one that really put Twitter up there as one of their top conviction ideas for 2018. I, I... Said the same thing actually with a piece I did for Investor Place, a contest they have for uh, you know choose a stock for 2018, and I chose Twitter, and, and it's a bit of a risky play for sure. But I think we've seen the resilience of the platform, we've seen how important it is, and we're seeing that the management team, the leadership team, there is making decisions based on data uh, to help stoke engagement, and so I think we're we're seeing seeing some signs of life there.
0: Okay, so here's my question about Twitter because I'm a Twitter user, yeah. but I am not a Twitter investor, right? and i'm going to call this the tripadvisor problem yeah i love tripadvisor as a service But I don't ultimately know how TripAdvisor is going to make money and more money than that. Yeah. Because I'm not transacting on TripAdvisor. I know they've got ad supported revenue and all that good stuff. Sure. And likewise with Twitter. How is Twitter going to make money and how is Twitter going to make more money than that?
1: Well, I think primarily it's an advertising play and that's what it's always been. It's a model that is based on advertising. And the difficult part for Twitter initially was it's not exactly. conducive to to really Good advertisements, right? It's it's the thing about Twitter. It's a free flowing, quick platform by nature. You're scrolling through that feed. It's not like you're going to see advertisements a whole heck of a lot um, as you're scrolling through those feeds. You're going to go past them very quickly. So I think the key for them is this move that they've made towards video, towards live streaming. This huge deal that they struck with Bloomberg and this sort of uh, 24/7 news station they have called TikTok. Uh, what they're figuring out how to do is how to get video advertising to be a bigger Part of the business because once you can start inserting pre-roll, mid-roll advertisements in those videos, and they can demonstrate that people are watching those videos, that's where they're going to be able to start really monetizing a bit more on that side. And then, of course, exploiting that data that they that they get from users like us who input tweets and and stuff all day long every day, figuring out new ways to exploit that data. They've recently opened up their developers' kits so that. Basically, anybody out there can can bring Twitter into their environment. You know, the new app builders or whatever want to integrate Twitter into their. App. So there are a lot of different ways they can do it. I think they're just really starting to figure that out now. And it looks like from the the channel checks that we've we've run over the year, it seems that big clients are budgeting more ad dollars with them for 2018 as they're seeing a bit more ROI on on the investments they're making with Twitter. Okay, so you're bullish
0: on Twitter for 2018.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm a shareholder myself. We own. Shares and million dollar portfolio. It started to turn around for us. Uh, We still have it on hold because we want to see how they how they uh, do here for the fourth quarter and and how they look out for two thousand and eighteen from there in their own words. But yeah, I think that's one I'm going to be excited to pay attention to.
0: Okay, and as an investor, Jason, looking back over twenty seventeen, how about one takeaway? One thing that really resonated with you? One thing that jumped out at you? One takeaway?
1: Yeah, I think I'll, I'll. Cheat here and actually throw in two things because one, we're it seems like uh, peak Bitcoin mania, right? And that just seems to be the question on everybody's on the tip of everybody's tongue is how do I participate? What do I need? Should I do it? I mean, should I even be investing in something like this? And sometimes, this is just me, but sometimes you need to be content with just taking a pass on something because you know you don't know enough about it. And I understand the basics of. Bitcoin in that it's this virtual currency. I don't know much about how Bitcoin is used, how it's mined I don't understand why you know it matters I mean I I get that the technology behind it blockchain I think is actually more fascinating than the currency but for me I don't know enough about it. And, and I'm, I'm skeptical by nature. So for me, that was just sort of a reiteration of a lesson that I've always sort of uh, lived by. When Peter Lynch. Just you're going, know Peter, what you you're don't going know. Peter Lynch on me, yeah, right? Know what you don't know. And it's it. okay to say, look, man, I just don't know enough. Uh, otherwise, you're gambling. Um, and the other one, I think uh, oftentimes the best action is inaction. And we see this a lot of times in million dollar portfolio because we're managing this real money portfolio in front of members. And, and the challenge that we have is a fixed money portfolio. So we can't add money. To it, so we always have to kind of be aware of our holdings. We have to be aware of our cash position, and we have to be aware of uh, the ideas that we want to get in the portfolio. Because a lot of times, if we want to add something, we've got to sell something, or at least sell part of something. Um, what we find often after these big, long, two-hour stock talk meetings that we have, a lot of times the best action is just to kind of kick back and not do anything at all. And it seems to, uh, it seems to, generally speaking, work pretty well. I think it's easy to. Sort of get caught in the moment and want to sell or buy something because it's right there, and right you know you're kind of falling prey to that recency bias. But oftentimes, as an investor. The best action is just to do nothing.
0: Okay, so that that applies more to as investors, right? Because yeah. if I'm sitting at home and there's the kitchen's a mess and the house is a mess and the kids are running <laughs> around, I can't I can't just kick back and say, "Hey, the best action is in action."
1: I think your I think your significant other is probably going to okay. use that one. Okay, so against only you, as an investor, I would not advise it. I would not advise it.
0: Okay, well before we continue our conversation, I want to again mention that support for foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Chances are you're confident when it comes. to your work, your hobbies, and your life. Well, Rocket Mortgage gives you that same level of confidence when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple. Jason, that's not something that we can always say about the mortgage process.
1: No, we cannot. And as a former mortgage banker, it is not an enjoyable process on both sides of the transaction. Well,
0: Rocket Mortgage is simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com. Fool, equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 30. Thirty.
1: Well, that gets right. That just gets right back to the lesson I was just saying. Know <laughs> what you don't know. Rocket Mortgage is helping you know something you probably didn't know a lot about before. Well, there you go. Well, yeah, it's,
0: it's you gotta love it. Okay, so we talked about Twitter. How about um, one more stock or one stock you're bullish on in the year ahead? Maybe a stock that isn't a household name.
1: Yeah, I think it's one that uh, listeners are probably going to be familiar with. I've talked about it a lot over the past. Year and a half really since they went public um, is Teladoc. Uh, the ticker is TDOC, but Teladoc is essentially uh, taking healthcare to the internet. And it's basically uh, a business that is uh, making use of the Many many times where perhaps you need uh, you know something in regard to healthcare, but you don't necessarily need to go to the doctor's office to get it done. They're allowing you to get that done by just a virtual visit over the internet. So they have a big network of physicians and providers. Um, They recently made an acquisition this year of Best Doctors, which really grew that network. Um, And so to me, when you look at this tremendous opportunity in healthcare. It's a phenomenally big market and all sorts of opportunities that lie within it. And you also think about the fact that, generally speaking, healthcare is a pretty inefficient process from yeah. the insurance side to the doctor's visit side and everywhere in between. Uh, Teladoc is really trying to cut through the red tape, make it simple, um, you know. Bring healthcare to the masses, scale healthcare, which is a tremendous challenge because historically it's been sort of a bricks and mortar type of thing where one doctor seeing one person at a time. But now you've used the internet here to grow your network and offer those services all over. So a lot of health plans and employers are finding Teladoc's plan as a nice complement to the health uh, to the healthcare packages that they're offering. And so it's it's a neat business. It's one I own shares in. Um, I'm really noodling bringing it over to the watch list and MDP uh, because I think it's got a lot a lot of
0: I love that idea because really it's all about just saving me time, right? Exactly. And you know, I love the idea of CVS and the Minute Clinics, but my experience has been that the Minute Clinic usually takes more than a minute.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So it's really a misnomer. It's false advertising. Total misnomer. I go,
0: I put my name on the list. I go get my Starbucks. Come back. Well, still not ready.
1: In a very, uh, you'll you'll be happy to know then that TeleDoc and CVS recently just struck a very big deal. So you're going to see that. more of their services in more places. And so I think for me, it's. Uh... It's it's just a matter of seeing sort of the regulatory environment changing and allowing more of these types of things to happen, whether it's e-prescriptions or allowing you know just sort of basically eliminating state lines and allowing these services to to, to span the country. But uh, yeah, a, a really fascinating business, very easy to understand. You know, it's two two revenue streams: subscription revenue from their clients and uh, little visit revenue that they get, kind of like a copay. So there's no exposure to insurers. There's no question. There, it's a simple business to understand, and I think they're really bringing a great value proposition uh, to, to a market that's in dire need.
0: Okay, Jason, as we wrap up here, how about your biggest question for 2018? Your biggest question
1: for the year ahead? So, I, I guess at this point in time, it sounds like it, the tax proposal, this tax package, is going to be going through in some way, shape, or form here, um, and it's it's supposed to be very. Company friendly, very corporate friendly. So I guess my question really is, how that's going to play out for investors versus employees? I know that generally speaking, you know the the idea is let's bring these taxes down so that companies can invest more in their people, can can raise wages, can can give the working class a better wage and a better you know lifestyle, so to speak. I'm a bit skeptical that that actually results in higher wages. I do think what it will result in, though, is companies buying back more stock. I think they will also probably raise dividends along the way. So I think that while it may not necessarily play out so well for Main Street, which is a shame, I really hope it does. I think it will work for Wall Street and I think it's just it's it's another reiteration it's another it's another really reiteration for me that you got you got to be invested. I mean even if you're not going to see it in the form of high, higher wages get it in the form of a higher stock price or, or a higher dividend yield, right? You need to be invested. Like we we talk about this all the time and you look over the course of 5, 10, 15, 20 years, I mean the numbers are there. They tell you what your money is doing. You can't just plunk your money in a savings account and think that's going to do it. You got to get it in these companies or you got to put it in in an S&P Index fund and just participate and take that long-term outlook. I think, uh, you know, I'm going to be really interested to see how this how this new tax
0: package really plays out for companies. Jason, happy birthday, happy holidays, happy new year. Let's talk stocks in 2018. I can't wait. As always, people on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the motley fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Matt Greer. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.